And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off at still smooth productions <laughs> oh big golf huh all right well see you later and the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world i think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and chipotle at st bales Senseless. Welcome in, friends. Welcome in, everyone, to the Bold Nonsense Podcast. Yes, that is where you have found yourself. This is a Bold Nonsense Podcast. The red light is on. The red light means stop thinking. Get a little senseless with us on 10 9 2020 for episode 130. That's right. Turn the dial down, and like we discussed in in a previous episode, great question from Smooth. What is the dial? The dial is turning the brain from uh, everyday work, stresses, and just, you know, really having to push to get through your everyday life to throwing it in neutral and having a good time, a relaxing time with us, or in this case, with me. I'm at Walt Disney, happiest host on earth. You took journalism. Yeah. Get out of here. Thank you for joining us once again. And it will be me this week. Uh, Smooth, he had his own Game 5 NBA Championship party to go to. Uh, maybe a little presumptuous, but uh, you know, for, for podcast friend, our guy at Real Nate Kramer, uh, we hope it's a good night for him, but we'll get to that in a little bit. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Just a lot going on. Uh, a, a lot in the football world. We've got some baseball to talk about, some basketball to talk about. The three majors are hitting this week. So, with that, so much to talk about. Let's get to it. We mean business this week. No messing around. Let's just go and get to trivia. Trivia! Trivia! <laughs> trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Gonna make that your final answer? I think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Trivia from last week went like this. Since 2004, players have consecutive NBA Finals MVPs. Three of these players won it twice in a row. The other one won it three times. Who is a player that won it three times? So, four people won in it back-to-back to back years for one person who's the one person that won it back to back to back that would be three two one Shaquille O'Neal with the Los Angeles Lakers in 2000 2001 and 2002 a beast run the other guys was KD LeBron and Kobe uh potentially can't remember uh I think so but Shaq is the one that did it three times 
That's your answer for last week's trivia question. This week's trivia question that you will find the answer to on our next episode is, which MLB franchise has the longest winning streak? One more time for you. Which MLB franchise has the longest winning streak? There you go. Pretty simple for this week. Find out on the next episode, like I said, the answer to this question. But for now, we're just going to keep it flying and hit the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters, and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. We got to talk about COVID shit in the NFL. Um, We don't like to talk about it much just because we like to keep it light and happy here. Uh, But sometimes it can't be avoided. So here we go. The NFL and the NFLPA are investigating the Titans after their multitude of test results. I mean, they had like, they got, I think they got up to like 23 positive cases. That's players and personnel alike. And then it came out that they had uh, at least one practice. It looked kind of like a throw-around session between Tannehill and some receivers. Um, It's also being reported, although more rumored at this point, allegedly, the Titans have been doing this multiple, multiple times. Like, multiple position groups had these kind of practices that uh, they weren't supposed to be having because they, you know, uh, had a bunch of positive test results, and that's how the COVID spread. So, not good for the Titans. That could be, I mean, if they if it's found that they did do this, it's going to be a harsh penalty. It's going to be harsh, like, like pretty bad. Uh, so, that will be very interesting to see. The, the reason it will be such a harsh penalty is because the NFL is getting very very strict with their COVID protocols. They are implementing new stuff. Uh, No leaving during your bye weeks. You are not allowed to leave your city during your bye week. There will be video monitoring to uh, make sure that protocols are being complied with, including potentially uh, in building the NFL getting the security tapes from each uh, each building in the NFL and checking those to make sure people are doing everything right, including maybe even sending NFL people to each place and having them kind of be the uh, COVID protocol police, if you will. Also, players are not allowed to gather outside of the facilities anymore. Uh, and there will be, this just came down today as I'm recording this on the Friday. You'll be listening to, tom- to tomorrow. So this happened yesterday for y'all. Penalties for approaching refs without a mask. If you go up to a ref and you are arguing, you are yelling, you are asking anything, you still have to have your mask on. Now, uh, that's going to be kind of difficult. So I think you'll see coaches pulling it down to get their attention. They're not always right next to them. And then putting it back on. A lot of them will forget. A lot of them will be penalized. Let's just be that as it may. But yeah, the NFL is just pushing through. And I think they're going to do it. I think uh, they've got time in between 
They've got some some play here at the end of the season to add weeks of the season. Uh, they also have even you know set up measures with hotels in Tampa Bay where the Super Bowl will be to push the Super Bowl back. So they have a lot of ability that they they didn't necessarily put into the schedule right away, but that they can build in as the schedule gets crazier and crazier like it does this week we'll get into that a little bit once we get into one thing and a winner but let's move on to the nba finals game five starts in three minutes is tip off as i'm recording this you will know the result as you are listening to this i will just say in general lakers up 3-1 i think the the heat had a really unlucky streak unlucky streak with bam Adebayo and goran dragic Bam at a bio, like he's the guy for Anthony Davis, and I think Anthony Davis has been making a hefty amount of plays since Adebayo has been out, and uh, that's kind of the difference when you've got LeBron and AD who are just allowed to kind of make plays, and then the rest of the Lakers facilitate. That's what really sets off their offense, and with their main defender out, it's allowed them to do that. So the Lakers have kind of really haven't had to face much adversity in in this finals where the heat clearly have and then goran Dragic is just off pod i know i've talked to to smooth about this we've talked to bales about this that goran Dragic has just been criminally or not criminally i guess i've always thought he was crazy underrated even from when he was back in phoenix uh when i started playing fantasy basketball he was one of the first guys i grabbed just because I think he's he's always flown under the radar, um, but been a better player than he's gotten the credit for. And him being out in these finals, I think you've seen the Miami offense dip in efficiency. And he's just a guy who, he's kind of got a fire about him. He kind of reminds me of the kind of the in-between or maybe even like a, a little bit calmer of a... An attitude more like Hero and Jimmy Butler, who who have this like confidence and swagger about them. And I think Drogic has it, but it's like a, a a calmer sense of it, and that kind of balances out the heat. And I think that's been missing a little bit with him out, and he will be out for Game Five. So we'll see how that uh, that ends up. We haven't talked a lot about it, um, you know. That's, that's, that's more of the smooth realm, so we'll let him get back and react probably uh, next week to it. And we'll almost definitely have the results at that point. Something that is a little bit more in my realm is the MLB and the MLB playoffs. Right now, uh, the way things are shaking out is we've got our we've got three of our final four set, basically at this point. On the NL side, we've got the the Dodgers, the Dodgers who who really put on a, a great showing against against the Padres. Uh, the Padres were the, like the the hot team playing with house money, kind of the the year. I would even say they're a year before the year that they're supposed to be there. They're almost two years ahead of where they should be. And then the Atlanta Braves, who swept the Miami Marlins. Uh, Marlins, you know they they were. On a hot streak, and the Braves came in with their pitching and kind of shut that down. So the Dodgers and the Braves series will be a very interesting one. Uh, some big names in that, but with the the Braves pitching and the Dodgers, who are kind of known for their pitching, but it's almost 
the Dodgers are almost in a transition period where it's it's almost switching to being less about their pitching. Not not that it's bad, just that it tends to get less of the headlines and more about their big bigger everyday players or their depth in their because they don't really have you know quote unquote everyday players because of um, the matchups that they like to roll with. So it'll be interesting to see Braves pitching uh, against the dangerous different lineups of the Dodgers and then the Dodgers good pitching against the Braves who have I wouldn't say they're as top to bottom but they've got big names who are very dangerous and just the the effort that they play with on especially in the base pass is always pretty impressive this is going to be this is going to be a very good series to watch, a really fun series to watch. And then on the AL side, you've got the Astros who beat the A's. So the Astros are in there from the sixth seed. And right now, we've got the final game of the Yankees in the Tampa Bay Rays series going on. Um That series is tied 2-2, so this will be the the finale fifth game. It's the top of the sixth. As you're listening to this, the Yankees are tied with the Rays 1-1 in the top of the sixth, like I said. But let's just talk about the potential matchups in terms of the Rays. Uh, they came. They come in with just a quality team, top to bottom. I don't think they're like the most flashy. I mean, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't think they're going to be the most flashy. Uh, I don't think that they're going to carry as big of the name. Obviously, the Yankees are the name in, in baseball, whether I like to admit that or not as a Mariners fan. But in terms of drama, you want to talk about high drama? think getting a Yankees-Astros series again would be about as high drama as you can get. So that would be incredibly entertaining. I will never root for the Yankees to win. Sorry for any of you uh, Yankees jackasses out there. But I will never root for the Yankees to win. But I'm just saying that would be a very exciting series. So in terms of excitement, if the Yankees win, go ahead and flip to those games. Uh... At least you gotta see at least a couple of them during that series. Don't miss out because I would be very surprised if people don't get thrown at and people don't start uh, talking, chirping a lot. I would say it starts with a with a ball thrown close to a batter. Then there's a bunch of chirping. Then a ball hits a batter, maybe intentionally, maybe not. Definitely intentionally. And then there's I there's some uh, casual emptying of benches. Casual emptying of benches. I think that's as far as it gets, but it's a very chippy series if the Yankees get past the Rays. All right, there you go. That is all the news we have for this week. It's really not that big of a news week, but it is a huge week in terms of um, it being the quarter pull of the NFL season. So, something we haven't done in a while. Usually don't do it with one thing in a winter, but we're going to do it this week. We're going to have a recess. Played them ten times, they might win nine, but not this game. This is your time. Oh boy, is this great! Welcome to the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. For this week's recess, really, all we're gonna do is we're gonna go through 
quarter season NFL awards. That is MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year. You got it? Well, if you don't, let's let's just, we'll get into it now. So you'll, you'll get it eventually. Let's start with Coach of the Year. I actually want to start, we're going to go from the, the bottom of my list and we're going to go up. Coach of the Year. My Coach of the Year at the quarter season poll is... Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. Look, they're playing. The Bills are playing incredibly well right now. Defense is getting better every week. They've had some injuries and, and been able to get by that. But the big thing for me, Sean McDermott is a defensive coach, and he has unlocked that offense. He's let Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator, there really he do really do his thing. And I think him, Dayball, and the, the quarterback coach in Buffalo. I've talked a little bit about this on the NFL uh, reaction show that the captain and I do every week. Go ahead and check that out. But I've talked a little bit about it. The fact that they have gotten Josh Allen to such a confident place. Really, when you come in, and, and the point that I was making on the reaction show is that when somebody like Josh Allen comes in, all he hears is, ah, he's an athletic guy, he's a big guy, he's a big arm guy, but... He's not accurate. He's going to have a lot of turnovers. And for a you know, young quarterback coming in and starting so early, what he doesn't want to do is prove those people right, those naysayers right. So what does he do? He tries to be too pinpoint accurate. He tries to be too safe with throws. And that makes it so he's not as anticipatory. He's waiting to see people open. He's waiting to see that he can he can make a safe throw with no turnovers before he makes it. And sometimes what that actually does, he's waiting and that rushes him and makes everything go faster because it shortens the window of him being able to make plays. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Well, now people are close to me. I've got to do it right now. And that can, that can be dangerous. And I think what the coaching staff has done so well in is getting him out of that and making him confident and telling him like, this is who you are. Just go go be that and we'll survive if you throw some picks because we want you throwing it all over the yard. And that has, in Josh Allen's head, has unlocked him and you're seeing the results there. So that's why I'm giving him coach of the year. It's not only is his team playing well, but they've gotten, they've done a really good actual coaching job it's not scheme it's not that it's the coaching it's the confidence and that's so often overlooked in the nfl others that could potentially get votes here my my next one my big next one and and yes uh it might be early but i'm gonna roll with it it's matt rule of the carolina panthers I love what they're doing. They have Teddy Bridgewater in that offense playing very competitively. The defense is full of rookies, full of rookies. And they're playing, they're actually getting better on a week to week basis. They should, everyone had them as terrible, terrible, like three, four wins, terrible, maybe. And they are two and two. They are, that's a 500 record. They would easily be the best team in the NFC East. I think they're doing such a good job in not only being competitive in the moment, but in player development. You can already see these players getting better week to week. So they're being good now when nobody thought they would. And they're being, you could almost say they're being better in the future as you get these players ready. 
Also, Gruden. Gruden's been pretty good this year. Uh, I think he's proven that he can still coach in the NFL, even after the 10-year break. Uh, Stefanski in, in Cleveland has got that team. The fact that that team has bought in to what he's saying is always impressive. And then LaFleur in Green Bay has obviously, that ske- that offensive scheme has just given a little volume up to the whole organization, and they didn't make the moves people thought they should, but they've gotten better from one year to the next, and that's good coaching. Defensive Rookie of the Year is Antoine Winfield Jr., safety for the uh, Buccaneers. For the Buccaneers, uh, he came in, he, he earned the starting job right away when nobody thought he would. Everybody had it as undersized and and a little slow, didn't cover enough ground. And he has just come into the NFL and said, nah, man, nah. He is all over the place. He has been playing high safety, low box safety, blitz safety, some slot corner. He is everywhere. And that's really hard. You're basically learning four three, four, five different positions at the same time in the NFL, and he has taken it all in stride. Other people, Patrick Queen, middle linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, who got victimized by the Chiefs, but everybody gets victimized by the Chiefs. Don't think you can hold that one against him. Derek Brown, uh, formerly, uh, of the formerly talked about Panthers, in the middle there has made uh, their their... Defensive line, formidable. And I think uh, once he and start Lutalele start playing a little bit more together, they'll be even better. And then Chase Young, who hasn't played, uh, didn't play last week. It got hurt, uh, unfortunately, but you saw the immediate difference he made. Offensive Rookie of the Year. This one's pretty easy. It's Joe Burrow. Guy's playing like he's not even a rookie. So just very impressive with the O-line he has. He's getting it done. He's getting it done. You can already see the change in the Bengals that he's created. Others there. James Robinson, undrafted rookie for the Jaguars. Makai Becton, left tackle for the Jets. And Justin Herbert, who has come out and given the Chargers some explosiveness, even when they have 11 starters, supposed to be starters for the be- from the beginning of the year out. 11. That's a whole side of the football is gone. And he's still playing well. So definitely an argument there. How about Defensive Player of the Year? T.J. Watt. Outside linebackers of the Steel, uh, outside linebacker of the Steelers. I thought he was super underrated. Last year, he went third in Defensive Player of the Year voting. And that was just way too low. T.J. Watt is a guy who does it all. He rushes the passer. Led the league in sacks last year. He also gets interceptions. He is one of the most disruptive disruptive players in the NFL. Don't forget about him just because uh, they had to take an early bye week. How about Tyrone Matthew or Frank Clark on the Chiefs? That Chiefs defense has been has gotten formidable quick, and I think those two are a main reason why. And then Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, I don't like to talk about Miles Garrett. I think he's kind of a scumbag, but. He is playing good football. Offensive player of the year. My offensive player of the year goes to Alvin Kamara, who is fourth in both rushing and receiving touchdowns. So he is doing it all over the field. Um, And his after contact right now has got to be insane. Other people that could be the offensive players of the year. 
How about Nick Chubb, who is leading that Brown? He might be hurt right now. He might be on IR right now. But let's not forget what he did and what he's probably going to do when he comes back. He is absolutely leading one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. And then Dak, he is first in pass yards. A lot of that might come in garbage time, but he's still putting up numbers. So you can't uh, you can't overlook that. And then MVP. My MVP at the quarter poll is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is absolutely dominating. He is first in yards per attempt at almost 10, completion percentage at like 75, touchdowns. He has 16 touchdowns. He is on pace to tie or break Peyton Manning's touch single season touchdown record, so that's amazing, and passer rating. So not only is he throwing a bunch of touchdowns, but he's doing it with crazy efficiency. Um, he's dominating. He has led his team to 4-0. No one's playing quarterback like him right now. No one, including the two people that I think could also be in that running, but they're not they're not close in my opinion at this point, which is Aaron Rodgers would be my next one. He's playing quarterback at an amazing level. I don't think he's close to Russell Wilson right now. I'm not saying career. I'm not saying talent. I'm saying how are they playing right now? It's not close, but he's still incredible because I don't think anybody's close to Russell and I don't think that anybody is close to Rodgers at this point. Uh, He is just being more aggressive and he's playing like the domination, the dominating Rodgers. Rodgers kind of put himself into this almost game manager role. And I think, and we've talked about this on, on the reaction show too. He said that I saw something in 2010 that I'm implementing this year, bringing it back, and now I feel better. I think that's just being aggressive, taking shots when you got them. Uh, and now you're seeing old Aaron Rodgers. And then Josh Allen right at, right after that. So I think there's a big step between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, a, de- a decent step between Rodgers and Allen, and then a pretty large step between Allen and everybody else. Uh, Allen, I've already talked about him. I think he's playing with supreme confidence and just letting the ball fly and, and letting his receivers have a chance. So there you go. MVP, Russell Wilson, Offensive Player of the Year, Alvin Kamara, Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Joe Burrow. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Antoine Winfield Jr. And Coach of the Year, Sean McDermott. That's recess. Let's get to one thing and a winner. I only got one thing to say to you. Who do you think you are? I am. You had one job. Just the one. Because I'm here. This is bullshit. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean shit. I hope I win. One thing in a winner. We got to get to last week's results. Week four results. How about Bales at seven and eight? It's a little rough for him. He'll get better. He's just getting his groove back. Smooth at nine and six. That's not bad there. And then uh, myself and the captain both were 11 and four pretty good weeks uh, for both of us. The other great thing about the quarter poll result time, the quarter the quarter of the season time in the NFL is quarter poll results for one thing and a winner. You all know we get a little bit weirdly competitive about the one thing and a winner challenge. So here we go. Let's see where people are at. Bales comes in in the fourth spot right now at 38 24 and 1. That is a 61% win rate. 
winning percentage. And just a little note alongside for all of these, he's in fourth. He's at 61%. If you were betting his picks, you'd be making more money than you're losing. Just saying. Just saying. That's a very, that's a very, very good uh, percentage there. Smooth and myself are actually tied right now at 43, 19, and 1 with 69%. Ha! And then really close in first place is the captain, 44, 18, and 1 with 70%. So he's just one game above Smooth and myself. And then Bales is just five games back from that. So that can that can flip in one week. So it's very tight still, and it probably will be for the rest of the season. So that'll be super exciting. Uh, just wait until the S start, the S talk starts to fly. But let's get into this week's picks, week five. We always start with Thursday night football, the Bucks at the Bears. Smooth, the captain, and myself took the Bucks. They obviously lost. Bales took the Bears. Nice pick there. Already off to a great start. Bears go to four and one. Bucks go to three and two. Bad news from this game: the Bucks defensive tackle, nose tackle, Vita Veyes, broken his ankle, and he was playing the best nose tackle in the NFL. It just it was win percentage in the in the teens, mid teens, on pass rush and rush wins. So that might not sound like the highest, um, but they take each one separately, and then the amount of times you win, he's probably taking a double team on 45% of those, and he's beating a double team 15% of the time. That's actually really high for a nose tackle. So he's playing incredibly well with two sacks in five games, and they're going to miss him for an extended period of time. So bad news for Vita Vea, Washington product. So shout out to the Pivot. Shout out to the Pacific Northwest. Um, we'll miss him. In terms of the game, the Bears' defense, uh, the captain and, my, captain and I have talked about it. We think their defense was dam- was playing way below their station. Seemed old. Seemed to have missed it. Seemed the juice was gone, and especially with Khalil Mack. I mean, when's the last time you heard his name? I actually thought he was going to be out. Kind of the reason I took the Bucks. Kind of a cop out for me. What an excuse. But he was there, and he came back to life. So I don't know if that gets the juice back going. And in a weird 2020 season, when you've got teams in the MLB like the Padres, or, I mean, hell, the Miami Heat, who everybody didn't think were going to be good, are in the NBA playoffs, in the NBA finals, excuse me. So 2020 is weird. Maybe the Bears just kind of keep winning games in a gross, disgusting way. Do I think they do that? No. I think they've gotten away with... Uh, some pretty bad competition, and then playing a Bucks team, which had a bunch of, I don't know, uh, like wartime injuries on their team. It looked like the, what do you call it, the medical barracks for wartime for the Bucks. That was like the training room there. So they got pretty lucky there with Godwin out. And if even on the last drive, if you, you happen to watch the game, in the last drive for the Buccaneers where they're trying to go down and get a get a win, Tom Brady, his first pass goes 12 yards to Mike uh, Mike Evans on a comeback and gets out of bounds. Then, if you see his break on that one, he intentionally lifts his foot so that he can't 
uh, land on it with a bad ankle. Then they try and go on the other side. So when you're flipping that route, Mike Evans then has to push off of his bad ankle and Brady threw it for a comeback. Mike Evans can't run that route in a comeback fashion with his ankle. So that's why they miss on that one. And then the whole thing, then they get kind of behind the sticks. And then obviously Brady has one of the worst brain cramps you're ever going to see the greatest football player of all time have. And he forgets that is for town. So, uh, do I believe in the Bears? No. Do I think the Buccaneers are great? No. I think the, the Buccaneers are going to end up probably fighting for first, probably more like second in their division. And I think the Bears are, uh, shit, at this point, they're probably going to be second in the division, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Okay. Now, no more reacting. Let's get into our picks for upcoming games and let's just get the note over now uh the bills and titans have been moved has been moved to tuesday and then next week's thursday night football which was the bills chiefs which would have been a great game is moved to sunday so i mean they're still going to play it but it's going to be in the mix with a bunch of other games would have been kind of nice as a standout game on thursday but hey there you go and then the patriots broncos has been moved to monday a charger saints is also monday so kind of a weird one. Just keep up. There's going to be football on your TV a lot. Go ahead and watch it when it's on. But let's get to the games. Jags 1-3 at Texans 0-4. The Texans have fired Bill O'Brien. That usually means that there is a renewed energy in the building. And that's why all four of us have taken the Texans. The, the, the big time bold nonsense crew. The bold nonsense. The marauders have taken the Texans to get their first win of the season against the Jaguars. Bengals 1-2 and 1 against at the Ravens 3 and 1. We all took the Ravens. Look, we love Joe Burrow. Everybody loves Joe Burrow. But the Bengals are bad and the Ravens are not bad. So we're going to take the Ravens there. Panthers 2 and 2 at Falcons 0 and 4. We actually have a split here with the captain and smooth taking the Panthers to win it. And Bales and myself taking the Falcons. The Panthers, their secondary, not great. I think the Falcons have played even worse than they actually are in the past few weeks. So they're almost underrated at this point, which is the craziest thing ever. Um, But they've got people coming back. Calvin Ridley, another week to get better. They've got four players on defense that they lost last week coming back this week. And I, this is the last hope. This is their last hope. Hope. I think they come out angry. I'm going with the the whole you play bad on national TV, you come back and with, with anger and fire and you play better the next week. And that gets the Falcons their first win. How about the Raiders? 2-2 two two at the Chiefs, 4-0. We all took the Chiefs. Not that we don't believe in the Raiders long term, but they've got a corner out. One of their high pick corners is out. Um, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're playing incredibly well right now, and the Raiders have kind of lost their groove a little bit. I think they need to try and find it, and they won't do it against the reigning Super Bowl champs. How about the Cardinals? 2-2 two and two at the Jets, 0-4. The Jets are... Uh, dumpster fire actually isn't harsh enough, um, but that says enough about how bad the Jets are. We all took the Cardinals. Eagles, 1-2-1 at the Steelers, 3-0. Look, you might have forgotten that the Steelers are actually pretty good at football because they didn't get to play last week. Uh, and you might be confused and think, maybe the Eagles are good at football because they beat the Niners. They're actually not. The Steelers are actually good. We all took the Steelers 
there. Rams 3-1 at the Washington football team 1-3. Washington football team, they bench Dwayne Haskins. And they didn't even do it like in secrecy or wait until maybe catch the Rams off guard to with Kyle Allen so they'd be unprepared. No, they went ahead and did it super early so the Rams had time to prepare. So we all took the Rams. Uh, same thing. Also playing bad on national TV and then uh, playing better the next week. Dolphins 1-3 at 49ers, 2-2. Two two. 49ers are starting to get healthy. Jimmy Garoppolo's back. Mostert might be back. Um, so they're starting to get healthy. It's the Dolphins. We all took the Niners. Giants 0-4 at Cowboys 1-3. Not only are the Giants injured and bad, but they also have a terrible offensive scheme. So we all took the Cowboys there because uh, at least they can put up points. Colts 3-1 at Browns 3-1. This one's kind of a crazy one. Uh, Bales took the Colts, believing in that Phillip Rivers magic. Um, the rest of us, Captain Smooth and myself, have taken the Browns. The Browns are in a groove, opposite, kind of opposite of the Raiders. They're in a groove. Playing very well. Uh, like I said, Stefanski's got them believing. And uh, Darius Leonard is out for the Colts. Potentially two linebackers out for the Colts. And when you put, face a rushing attack like the Browns, you don't want your linebackers to be out. So I think the Browns are catching the Colts at a pretty opportune time right now. And they get the win. Vikings 1-3 at Seahawks 4-0. and oh, Seahawks are just playing incredibly well right now. The Vikings have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. I think this would be a very high-scoring, take-the-over kind of game, but the Seahawks end up pulling it out. Monday Night Football. Broncos 1-3 at Patriots 2-2. Two two. The captain, the only one to take the Broncos here. Um... Vic Fangio's defense is playing incredibly well. The Patriots are without their quarterback. But the Patriots are with the evil empire, with the hoodie. So I I still think they find a way to get it done. Usually, you know, the Patriots had that one week of, we weren't, we had a very short amount of time to to figure it out after uh, Cam Newton unfortunately got sick. You know, hope he's, he's feeling good. Hope he gets better very quickly. Um, I don't think they're going to look as bad once they have a full week to prepare, actually prepare a quarterback. The Patriots never do. I'm just sticking with the evil empire on this one. So smooth, so it's Bales. Chargers, 1-3 at Saints, 2-2. Two two. Bales has to take – he's a Chargers fan. I don't know if you know this. You probably should by now. He's a Chargers fan, so he's going to go ahead and take the Chargers. The rest of us take the Saints, who are sitting at 2-2. Two and two, And Justin Herbert has had to, pl- had to play a rough stretch of quarterbacks with Mahomes, then Brady, then Breeze. Uh, but he's he's held his own. I don't – the char- like I said, the Chargers have like 11 players injured. 11. And with the Saints, the Saints kind of – their defense, I feel like their secondary is actually starting to find it a little bit. They were struggling. Now they find it. Yeah, Keenan Allen probably will have a day, but they'll do their best to hold him down. And with Austin Eckler out, like where can you even go? Where can you even go? Uh, the captain and I have talked a- about the Saints' big issue defensively is their lack of speed, especially on the edges of their defensive line and at linebacker. Well, without Austin Eckler, you have more of these ground and pound running backs so is Justin Herbert going to be able to carry the outside run game and make enough plays with his feet to hurt the Saints 
lack of defensive speed? I don't think so. So we take the Saints there. In the last game, on a Tuesday, Bills 4-0 four, four at the Titans 3-0. I am the only one who's going to go ahead and take the Titans here. They were playing pretty good football before all of their sicknesses. And if, they, if they're better, they're better. And I still think they're playing good football. They've had time to get really fresh. I mean, how fresh is this team going to be? Pretty, pretty friggin' fresh. Like, like, like Bill Belichick in the Subway commercial fresh. They're going to be pretty fresh. And I think they come out with almost this everyone, everyone's been talking all this shit about us. Kind of vitriol. I think the Vrabel gets them whipped up into a frenzy and they come out and just blitz the Bills. Maybe not the whole game, but they get up early. That's what I'm going to call it. They get up early and uh, they ride it out for a win. The rest of them are probably uh, taking the team that's playing better football at this point. And we've seen play better football at this point. Um, hold out hope and be the only one to take the Titans. But there you go. That is our picks uh, for one thing in a winner. Week five. That's your quarter poll results and your week four results. Plus a bunch of NFL awards. We got a bunch of stuff. Now the last thing we want to do before we get the hell out of here is talk some fantasy football. No one cares! But y'all don't say that. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. There you go. Thank you, sir. There you go. There you go. There you go. How about keep an eye on these guys? These are all questionables. All questionables, so we're not sure if they're going to play at this point or not. Henry Ruggs III. Joe Mixon has a shin injury. Bunch of Ravens here as well. Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Marquise Brown. All questionable with some illnesses. So who knows how that goes uh, when you're trying to get ready for a game. So keep your eye on them. Then Julio Jones. Remember he had the quad last week. Ended up leaving the Packers game. uh, And that was pretty much the end of the offense for for the Falcons. So look out for Julio Jones. And uh, the 49ers, Debo Samuel, he has an illness too. So kind of, and this doesn't mean COVID. They would say COVID. Um, It is kind of getting to cold season, so protect yourself. Take some emergency. No ads, but do what you got to do. Stay healthy out there. Um, But Debo Samuel, illness, Raheem Mostert might be back. So those are all questionables there. So keep an eye out on them. But here are some good matchups for you. Actually, you know what? Let's start with the bad matchups. Here are some bad matchups that I have seen for this week. Keenan Allen against the Saints. I think they're going to absolutely key in on him because the, the the Chargers are missing a lot of weapons. T.Y. Hilton against the Browns. I think uh, another one where they key in on T.Y. Hilton because that's the Colts attack. I mean, they just don't really have that many people at this point. They need another draft of like pure on skills position. Um, James Conner and Todd Gurley could struggle. Good matchups, though. James Robinson of the of the Jaguars could have a big day. Uh, Robbie Anderson against a Falcons secondary. Pretty much all the Panthers' skill positions. Any anybody, if you can play a Panthers' skill position, go ahead and do it because they pass they throw the ball a lot. The Panthers do, and the Falcons don't defend it very often. Robert Woods, Rams Robert Woods against Washington football team. Uh, they tend to, the the Washington, WFT tends to play inside receivers a little bit better than they do, especially with the D-line. 
focusing more on that play action. The Rams get to the play action, middle of the field taken up with Cooper Cup. Robert Woods ends up running free, I think, at least once in this game. And then Eric Ebron of the Steelers could have a big game, at least get you in the end zone. But those are some good matchups, bad matchups, and people to watch out for for fantasy football. Other than that, that's the show. That's episode 130. Make sure uh, on like Tuesday evenings, pretty late Tuesday or Wednesday is a great time to listen to football talk. Um, and that's what you'll get with the captain and I doing N- the NFL reaction show, the bold nonsense NFL reaction show that we do weekly and just kind of keep you up to date on what happened in these games, what's going on with these teams, why they lose, why they win, where are they getting better or worse? Those kinds of things are the teams finding their groove Hear All of that on the NFL reaction show with the captain and I on Tuesdays, it comes out Tuesdays. Go ahead. Listen Tuesday or Wednesday. Other than that, find us on Twitter at bold underscore nonsense, Instagram at bold.nonsense, or email us at boldnonsensepodcast at gmail.com. Expect the show, the flagship show. That's crazy to say. Bold, no- we have, bold Nonsense has a flagship show. Call us growing. The flagship show on Saturdays, usually pretty early in the morning. We want to be your weekend listen, so go ahead, hit us up on, on the weekends when you do have that dial brought down your brain in neutral iTunes and Spotify are probably the best places to find us on there. I think easiest there. Um, and I just did the plug for the reaction show. So Tuesdays and Saturdays, that's when you could find us. Go ahead and do it. Other than that, for at Still Smooth, much love. I am at Walsh Disney. If you love it, love us. This is Bold Nonsense. This is a episode 130. This is your invitation to dive in on some playoff baseball. It's good stuff. And this is is your invitation to stay senseless. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Thank you very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go. Go.